Five, four, three, two, one. And hello again, and welcome to another episode of Only the Penitent Shall Pass. I'm your host, Kenneth. Alongside me, once again, is Master John Fellis. Hello. So, uh, it's been a little minute. Uh, Good to be back. Yeah, we're good. It's good to be back. If you don't remember the routine, you can reach us at onlythepenitent at icloud.com. And you can go to our website at onlythepenitent.com. Today's episode is the end of 2020. We're going to do just a recap. We started the podcast at the beginning of 2020, at the beginning of the apocalypse. And now as the first year of the apocalypse winds down, we're going to do a little bit of a recap and go over where's the church at, where is the country at, where is the body of Christ, which is synonymous with the church, but we're going to look at it individually too. Thank you again for joining us. So we started our podcast in the end of March. We were living up north at the time. All of the businesses were being forced closed by the then governor, now dictator, uh, say that humbly, but accurately, uh, except for what she deemed were essential businesses. We're not going to get caught up too much in the politics of everything, but suffice to say, the the North has suffered quite a bit this year. Businesses are closed. The overwhelming majority of churches quit assembling together, and that's really what rocked our world because we take serious the Bible verse, the admonition to forsake not the assembling of saints, which simply means don't stop getting together weekly, praying together, worshiping together, and taking the bread and the wine together, the communion, the Eucharist. The overwhelming churches in where we were living in Michigan closed. They stopped doing that, and they did forsake. Uh, they didn't obey the admonition in the New Testament. And that's when we started our podcast. We started questioning what's going on here. In the book of Revelations, it talks about the great apocalypse, the final apocalypse. We have a little, we did an episode early on, John, where we talked about that. And we said, you know, there's there's also minor apocalypses. We look at history being circular. You want to comment on that for a moment before I continue? Yeah. Um... So I think what we were just trying to sort of recapture what we were saying is that, you know, if we go back and we look through church history and we look through the history of Israel, we see similar events occurring over and over again, right? Um, So like an example of this would be the desecration of the temple, right? Which not only occurs after the coming of Jesus, right? but occurs before, right? When Pompey does it, right? When um, this happens during the the Maccabees, right? So you see these things, and so it's almost like there's this echo of these events throughout history. Um, We look at biblical prophecy that way, too. So in the New Testament, prophecies that that Matthew tell us uh, are, are proof that Jesus was predicted, was prophesied of coming, the Messiah coming, 
they had a dual nature to those prophecies because they also applied when the prophet Jeremiah gave it to a particular event in Jeremiah's lifetime. And then Matthew said, not only does that prophecy apply in Jeremiah's lifetime, now the prophecy is fulfilled again in the lifetime of Matthew. And so, so the Bible looks at prophecy that way, that, that certain events occur. Jesus is, or I'm sorry, I was going to say, uh, uh, John the Baptist is who? John the Baptist is? Elijah. The, the, right, not the reincarnation. He's a different human being. We're not, we're not. We say the spirit of Elijah. Right, right. right. But it's the same, we could say, type of human being. Right. Um, and, and secular historians, they don't always understand that, 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 that history isn't progressive the way secular historians try to tell you, but that history is, is uh, at the very center of it is God. At the very center of history is Jesus Christ, the incarnation and the crucifixion. And therefore, because God is the center of history, he is over all history, you, you see a cyclical or circular events that occur. Elijah comes in the manifestation of Elijah, and then many, many years later, the spirit of Elijah comes again in the body of John the Baptist. Not reincarnation, not the same soul, two different human beings, but the spirit, the essence of the prophecy. And so, so when we look at what's going on in 2020, we see apocalypses like this throughout history. We're not saying this is the final apocalypse, yeah, but if you, nobody knows when the final apocalypse is, right? So whenever you hear someone tell you a date, close up your ears right away because that's right. They're, uh, that's right. they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. So right. they're either woefully misinformed or they're uh, straight from the pit of hell. One of the two, right? And an apocalypse just literally means in the English, it means the revealing. Things are being revealed. And 2020 is revealing to us the nature of political philosophy in the Western world. It's revealing who the tyrants are. It's revealing who maybe some would say the Marxists are. We're going to get away from Marxism and communism, and we're just going to speak of the tyrants or the dictators or the authoritarians. And 2020, the apocalypse, the revealing, is demonstrating us. It's showing the players. Now, nothing is hidden anymore. It's being revealed, the apocalypse. So now as we look back at 2020, I'm, I, I moved my family out of Carolina, or out of Carolina. I moved them from Michigan to Carolina to get them away from the north. Not everyone has chosen to do that. Not, it's neither right nor wrong. It was a choice. Uh, but as things continue, uh, we're not sure if it's dark days ahead of us or if we're going to see light before more dark days are going to come. <laughs> but where are we at right now, John? Like, what, what's your mindset now, looking back on this year? We've done a bunch of podcasts. We took a little bit of time off. The election's over. No one knows who won. The media's telling us one thing. The evidence tells us something else. People want to talk politics. But you and I, we're, we're, we're just like, well, where are we? Well, I mean, you and I, like, we talk politics all the time. But I think sort of with the understanding that that's ultimately not, that's not what ultimately matters, right? So, and, and, what, it, and what is that? What ultimately matters? Well, I, I think what, 
we are going to start trying to tell all the good people that want to listen to this podcast is it's time to turn to the church, right? Whatever is left of the church. And that's something that I think as time goes on, the spirit's going to reveal because it's going to become much more obvious who's playing on the right side and who's playing on the wrong side, right? Um, it's It seems like the only way out of this mess of 2020 is for the remnant. Paul says there's always a remnant. So all so so the vast majority of churches are closed even now in November as we record this episode. The vast majority of churches are closed. We would probably say, well, they must not be churches if they're not assembling together because the church assembles together. Um and so it would seem that what the only way out of this, the only hope is for the remnant, for the true believers to assemble together, to pray, to get into theology, the study of God, the study of his word, and determine the right course of action. And that's what we're sort of looking at as we go forward in our podcast. We don't want to simply do Bible studies, which is a good thing, but that's a function of the body of Christ at church. We can have Wednesday Bible studies, but we want to talk about, okay, where does the church go from here? Yeah, um, so yeah, Kenny and I were both students of philosophy, and we've studied a lot of philosophy, and we have degrees in it, and so on and so forth. And so philosophy is is our, is man's attempt to discover the whole of things. So like, well, okay, you just ask the question, what is everything, and what fundamental principle is everything based on? But as Christians... We're not trying to do that as rationalists. We're not just trying to say, okay, I'm a human, I have reason, let's go, let's figure it out, right? Well, first and foremost, we have revelation from God. But we're doing a similar task, and this is why the the church fathers, they would call what we're doing, I should say what we're attempting to do, right, because we can always be wrong, um, to do true philosophy, okay? That is, in the light of God and his revelation, um, and also in particular in the light of what's happened to all of us over the last year. What, what is everything really? Um, first of all, the first main questions are, who is God, right? And as Christians, we should know this. And if we're not too sure, we should really start trying to figure it out, right? Second, what is the church? What is this institution that God founded? What, what makes one a member in it, right? Or so on, right? Um, and so... Expanding out from there, then we can start to ask these other questions, right? Ethical questions. How should I live my life? More importantly, how should we together as a church live our lives, right? And then on and on. And then finally, we'll get to questions that are on everyone's mind right now, which is, you know, political questions. Well, how do I as a believer and how does the church as the body of Christ relate to the political world, right? Um... You know, how do we relate to science? What, to what extent are we uh, allowed to use science? Or, to put it another way, to what extent does science become its own complete worldview, right? So a, a, a philosophical worldview that's in competition with the one revealed by God, right? Um, so these are the sort of fundamentals of what we're doing and what we hope that there's a lot of Christians doing um, in in all places of the church and all denominations. I hope there's a lot of people that start to sort of wake up 
to see that, oh, because there's a lot of people, let me stop for a second, because there's a lot of people who are, quote, getting red-pilled or waking up or coming to some truths or something. And if those truths really are true, well, I mean, that's a good thing, right? Anything, time you discover the truth, that's good, no matter who you are. Um, but we're supposed to be enlightened in a different way. First of all, enlightened by Christ to his word and so on and so forth. Um, and then it's by that light that we can see everything else, right? And this is why so many people that get, quote, red-pilled, they end up in complete despair, right? Or a lot of them even end up in some weird pagan um, religious practices, right? I've seen this so many times, right? Well, it's because they have nothing to go to because really the world has nothing, offered, has nothing to offer them. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're going to... Go through. So, so one of one of the few blogs I still read, I don't read much news or anything, uh, I still follow Doug Wilson, uh, the pastor, Presbyterian pastor out of Moscow, Idaho. He wrote a blog article this last week uh, titled The High Price of Forgetting God. He builds off of Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 19 in which the scripture says, And it shall be, if thou do all... I'm sorry, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. So that's from Deuteronomy. If, if, you, if you forget the true God, Yahweh, and serve other gods and worship them, uh... Moses, presumably in Deuteronomy there, is, is saying that you're going to perish. Doug Wilson goes on and comments on it saying, The great problem with American Christianity is that they want Jesus to save America's bacon, but they want to arrange it so that America doesn't have to say the name of Jesus, his name. They want deliverance, and they want the deliverer to remain masked. They want a salvation, but they want the Savior to remain off stage. They want to incur an enormous debt of gratitude coupled with no obligation to pay it. But all the nations that forget God go down to the dust of death. End quote. And so I, I, I want to echo and parrot what Doug is saying there and obviously what Moses is saying in the book of Deuteronomy that at the core of 2020, the churches have forgotten God. They closed. They forgot that God said, no matter what the government tells you, it doesn't matter. Forsake not the assembling of the saints. 2020 is not about a flu or a cold virus or totalitarianism or dictators, all of those things may be occurring in 2020. But when I look at 2020 and when I look back at my writings in my journal, if I have the opportunity to look back, uh, what I'm going to see is the, the church in America forgot God. There's a handful of faithful. Paul says there's always a remnant. Thank God we're here in South Carolina with a body of Christ, with a church that has never stopped celebrating communion each week in person publicly they never stopped praying on sunday morning publicly and singing hymns uh, but the church as a whole has been found to be 
faithless in America. They closed up. The only way forward from here is for all of those children, those red-headed stepchildren, I don't know what to call them, the faithless church, to repent. Well, that, that, that uh, metaphor you just used, that figure of speech, comes from Esau, right? Sure. Right, the red-headed stepchild, yes. right? I think that's where it comes from, even though he wasn't a stepchild, right? But, but yeah, I mean, let me, well, let me go back and think. So, you, you named a few things that people think that 2020 is about, Right. Um, And so, you know, what we're trying to say is like, well, let's take a step back and say, well, what is everything about? And for the Christian to say, well, everything in some way relates to God. Right. So before we can talk about even the disease or even the political turmoil or the riots or anything above, we have to figure out, well, what is our relation as a country, as a church, as an individual, as a family, to Jesus Christ? Um, and that has to be our absolute starting point for how we think about everything in the world, right? There's nothing, uh, the word's autonomous. There's nothing that rules itself, right? Okay, everything in some way is ruled by God. So we have to think, like, well, we think science, that's uh, somehow apart from God. Right? Well, no, absolutely not, right? If, if you don't have the right starting point based in God, you can't even do science, right? Um, and we could talk about that in a different episode. Well, what about politics, right? There's a separation between church and state. Absolutely not. That doesn't make any sense. All power, political power is derived from God, okay? Well, that may be good, but me, I rule my household. I'm, I'm well, no, you're accountable to God right? Okay, well, that's fine, but I at least have a right to my individual self, to my body, to make my own choices. It's like, well, that's the most absurd, you know, that's the most absurd out of all these different categories, right? Like, no, you stand before God. You can only say you're a person because of the personage of God, right? That's the only way that even makes sense. Otherwise, you're not a person. You're just some sort of I don't know what you are, some sort of atom bouncing around and that's going to very shortly decay, right? Um, so yeah, so Esau, right? The red-headed stepchild, right? Um, if, if we think back on that story, we don't want to be Esau because that's how he thought. Everything, well, was sort of dictate, deter, everything in his mind was determined apart from God. And so... Yeah, I mean, that's not where you want to be, right? Where, well, where we are is there are some churches that stopped worshiping for the, the, the holy month, for the month of Easter, and they finally started worshiping again, but now they wear masks. And in a spirit of gentleness, I think our attitude is when we run into those people, we gently say, you need to stop wearing your mask. Even if, brother, you're going to lose your job. Even if the church fires you or the governor arrests you in California or wherever you are, step one is stop dressing like a pagan on Sunday morning when you're worshiping Jesus Christ. That's for the churches that finally did start meeting together again. For the churches that are still not meeting in person, you have two options. Stop referring to yourself as a church 
or repent and start meeting together on Sunday again and worshiping God. Part of the, the culmination of 2020 is we need to begin identifying, apparently once again, what is a church? Uh, many years ago, I was at a doc, I was at an RC Sproul conference in I believe it was uh, Columbus, Ohio, or maybe it was Dayton. I, it's been it's been a long time. I don't remember. And one of the questions he was asked in the Q and A is is what what do you uh, when you look back at your ministry what stands out to you the most? And his his response was I still remember it quite vividly. He said I can't believe that here in the twenty 20th century, 21st century, it was in the 2000s, we're still arguing back and forth over the justification <laughs> of the sinner. He thought, I thought we talked about that 500 years ago, and 500 years later, we're, we're still like debating justification. And so for him, he thought that was something very simple, that it should be a, the ABCs of Christianity. Well, I thought the ABCs of Christianity was like, well, what is a church? A church is a body of believers that meets together weekly on the Lord's Day, <laughs> worships God, and doesn't imitate the pagans. I mean, I added that last one. I wouldn't have said that last year, but now I've, now I've added it. Except I, I, did, I did have discussions with people over the last two decades that I was very uncomfortable with churches that had rock music. I said, ah, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with rock music to a certain extent. We're not going to get into a discussion of music. But I felt uncomfortable with it on Sunday morning, on the Lord's Day. So I would have understood if someone said, we shouldn't imitate pagans on Sunday. I would, totally would have known what they meant by that. Well, now, in 2020, the handful of churches that have, quote, reopened, end quote, I hate that word, they're imitating the pagans. They're wearing masks, just like a pagan ceremony. Christians don't wear masks. So, so I'm suggesting, John, two things. One, the churches that are still closed, that aren't meeting on the Lord's Day, they either need to stop calling themselves churches, or they need to repent and get, get their arses into, into regular meeting together again on Sunday mornings, worshiping God. Number two... People that are still wearing masks on Sunday, you need to stop doing it. You look like a pagan. That's what pagans do. Pagans wear masks. And you say, John? Oh, I mean, I guess I could say all sorts of things. <laughs> well, a lot of people in the modern world would think this is superstitious, but I think most Christians who had a very high view of the Eucharist, we've just always assumed you couldn't get sick by... Um, eating the body of the Lord and drinking his blood. I mean, it's something I believe. And in fact, that's never happened in 2,000 years as far as the record shows. Um, that's, that's, that's also why we, why we use wine. I mean, it's no coincidence that we use wine, which doesn't emit bacteria. <laughs> well, there's that too. Um, so there's that too. Um, but yeah, something that's supposed to be life itself. That's is, right. Is, is harmful to us. And, and, the, and Paul, if I can interject for a moment, and Paul said, one of the things Paul was seeing in the early church, he says in the New Testament, that some believers were getting sick because they were drinking the blood, the, the wine, and eating the bread amiss. Their hearts weren't, weren't right with God, or they were, they were doing things incorrectly. And so for Paul, 
there was a proper way to do it. There was a proper uh, contriteness in the heart that you should demonstrate when you come to worship on Sunday. And, and so that's why this is very serious. It's a very serious issue that, that people are saying, who are declaring themselves to be men of God are wearing a mask. Some of them are wearing gloves as they eat the Lord's Supper. Uh, that's, that's wrong. That needs to stop. As we, as we come to the end of 2020 and we go into 2021, that's like base 101. We have to agree on that, right? Well, I think, I think that's what I mean when I was saying, like, as time goes on, right? Because everyone's like, oh, everyone's excited about 2021 because for some reason in the pagan mind, 2021 is going to happen and there's going to be some lovely remedy that's going to fix all our problems. I don't, I don't know where this thought even comes from, but you could see it online all day long, you know. Um, so as, but as time moves on, those of us who, who every day we wake up and we praise the Lord and we thank him and we're like, all right, I'm going to try to seek him today, um, wherever we are we're going to start to see all these problems, one of these major ones which Kenny is addressing, right? Um, so I guess, it's, I guess it's by way of admonition, it's good to say what Kenny just said, but I think on the other hand, we could start to think, now we could start to think, all right, what is the church as a whole, right? So Christ founded one church. How are we supposed to live together in it? And how are we supposed to... Um, address one another and think about one another. We can keep, you know, why are there so many Christian sects? Like, if we're coming to a point where the majority of people who call themselves Christians are in fact going to belong to either sacrilegious or heretical communities, those of us who are trying with all our heart to stay away from sacrilege and heresy, I mean, should we really go on, like Kenny was saying, fighting about uh, justification or something. I mean, is that really what, is that how we should spend the next 20, 30, 40, 100 years, 1,000 years, however long, however is long it is before Christ comes back? No, 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 let me, let me step in for a moment. Some of our listeners may not understand why we're setting up a camp here on the issue of masks on Sunday morning worship. And, and maybe we should give the listener the benefit of doubt that they haven't studied paganism as deeply as we have but the history of paganism going back thousands of years predating the greeks and going through the greek era you know plato's era into the the native americans and the indians in the united states pagans always wear masks during rituals and christians don't there's a reason why think about movies you've seen (laughs) think about the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, they're wearing masks. Think about uh, Kubrick's movie, Eyes Wide Shut, with all the rich people in the mansion. The, right. They're wearing masks. What? Um... Now, John, that was rated R. I don't know if you're supposed to be watching that movie. Yet. Oh, I watched it a long time ago. <laughs> but, but now, that, that's sort of like the, uh, the layman's view is, well, just look at Hollywood films. Why do they always portray pagan rituals wearing masks? Well, the reason they do that is because from a pagan dogma, historically, that's what pagans do. Pagans have always worn masks, whether it's the Greeks, the Babylonians, the African tribe in Botswana circa 800 years ago. It doesn't matter where. That is a mark of 
of paganism. A mark of Christianity is that we come before God with our faces uncovered, and the men come before God in prayer with their heads and faces uncovered, which is what Paul specifically says, that men shouldn't cover their heads, because Christ is the head of men, Christ is our covering, we don't cover our faces or heads. Go well, ahead. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it's, it went without saying, so there's this whole, that's in Corinthians, right, in the Corinthian community, community um, there's this debate about who should cover their heads when. But it went without saying that you shouldn't cover your face. <laughs> there was there was no reason to have a specific verse in the Bible. Don't cover your face when you worship Yahweh. Uh, any more than there was a reason to have a verse in the Bible that says, don't chop off your wife's uh, head if she sneezes. Like, certain things went without saying. It was obvious. Uh, everyone knew throughout history that pagans wore masks and the body of Christ, Christians who Jesus is our covering, we don't use animal skins, we don't use animal heads, we don't use demonic faces, we don't put black masks or white masks over our face. That's what pagans do. And we're setting up camp and we're willing to listen to anyone who wants to disagree with us. But we're going to tell you right now, we'd love to have a discussion with you if you're a church that is, quote, open, end quote, wearing masks, you're more than welcome to sit down and talk with us. You're not going to persuade us because this is an issue that's already settled. But we'll have the discussion. But, I mean, I think we have to be honest, don't we? That at the end of 2020, the body of Christ is, has to recognize we're not pagans. We don't worship demons, right? Yeah, well, we, we definitely don't worship demons, okay? Whoever is the true, the true Christian community doesn't. Worship the demons, right? Which, uh, I mean, would someone is anyone going to debate us on that? Do you think? <laughs> At this point, with twenty twenty, I don't know because we've heard everything. It's just, it's well, we we've talked about this um, good old Rome, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm not picking on Roman Catholics, but you know, we like to pick on Rome sometimes. Where, uh, what was that? Early at the beginning of this year or late last year the Pope blessed what's called a Pachamama idol, right? Um, well, what is this? This is what a, is a... What is a Pachamama idol? It's a South American f fertility god. Okay. Right? Um, so that's, that's sort of what we're talking. So a lot of people, a lot of Christians would say, yes, in the name of inclusion, mm -hmm. or as a way to reach out to people, we should participate in these pagan rituals. Um... And so maybe some of them, their hearts are in the right place where they're just trying to reach out, but there is a real sense in which there are Christians who are worshiping demons, like out in the open like that. And they're like, they don't think that's what that phenomena is. But I mean, when you read the Old Testament, you realize about Israel's constantly worshiping these idols, but you don't think they have their own reasons. You think they are just saying, oh, Forget you, Yahweh. I'm just going to go do what I want. No, like everybody rationalizes what they've done, right? So that's why sometimes you just have to go back to the fundamentals and say, well, wait, okay, we're definitely not supposed to worship pagan idols. We're definitely not supposed to bless them. Really, we're not supposed to pray with other people who don't have the same God as we do or pray with other people while they're praying to their God. 
Egypt, right? Um, which was a common thing. Uh, Ken, you always talk about this in Egypt, where the the Jewish priests in Egypt would re read Yahweh and Isis, right? And he'd, he'd say, what? I'm still praying to Yahweh. I'm still praying to the Lord. But, it, you know, and Isis is here too. Um, so when I put it like that, it should immediately... Um, there should immediately a, a, a switch should be flipped in your head and you should say, no, that's not what we're supposed to be doing, right? Like, that's where we have to start before we can get into the deeper issues of, well, why we're not supposed to do that. Like, that should be our starting place is like, yeah, don't worship idols, not in the name of inclusion or in the name of anything. Like, there's other ways you can reach out to people and try to bring them the gospel. Right, because when you do it like that, you're not actually bringing them the gospel. The point of the gospel was to free them from stuff like that, right? Because that's crazy. When you worship a piece of wood, that's really bad. Think about it. So that that's a good place to end. We've run out of time. Uh, join us next time where we're going to take a break from talking about pagans and masks. Uh, and we thank you for listening. And we also uh, ask that you'd email us whether you have concerns, questions, or you can't stand what we had to say, we will read anything that you write to us. Uh, you can email us at uh, onlythepenitent at icloud.com. Thank you again. God bless you.